Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show. This is Anthony Munoz. Hi, this is Bruce Smith. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett. Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show. Hi, it's Dean King. This is Chris Berman, a.k.a. The Swami. I am predicting that you are listening to the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. A woman on the radio talks about and revolution. Big show. I can hear myself. Thank you. Appreciate that, buddy. I had you muted. I did. I wish that worked in real life. <laughs> you just shut him down? Yeah. You had the mute button kind of working, though, on the trip on the way here. I mean, I, I, I was listening to the things that you need that are all the world of Polly. And, uh, you know, in the meetings that we had with Josh, you said, listen, man, I use these trips when I drive down to kind of focus on stuff in my life, and I needed to be quiet. So I, sh- I shut it down. I did make some adjustments. It may not have been perfect, but I made some adjustments for you, considering what your needs are. Thank you. It's <laughs> very kind of you. <laughs> Now, does it change the trip for you going home that we lost? No. It doesn't change the trip for you? No, should I be mad or something? Well, but but but, but think like, about something. We drove down together to see Duke. We beat him in Cameron. We were up. We were alive. We were, you know, now I'm kind of like, oh, man. My paycheck comes either way, whether they wow. want to Wow. <laughs> so. That's what it's all about? Well, you know what? That's interesting because when you when you look at that, I certainly am not getting a paycheck to come do this show comparatively to doing TV and film. But uh, I do it because I really like doing it. Yeah, I, it's, no, it's, it's fun, it's, and it's it fun. is disappointing. Like, that last night, they, I felt like they left one on the floor. They should have been. They should have won that game last night. You know, it, when you continue to say the same things over and over again, what is it called? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And so we, what I noticed in watching the game – uh, North Carolina 93, Syracuse 85. Um, and, and, and there was some low-hanging fruit. You know, from the foul line, we were terrible. We were terrible in the second half rebounding. And, and I think those two factors alone, with how well they shot from the foul line, uh, were the difference in the game. But some of the things that we've been saying, or I know I've been saying for a while now, um, is that when a team like this team, like North Carolina, who everyone, even the five, uh, Luke May, can shoot the three-pointer. They're going to stretch that zone out. So as they're moving the ball around and we're trying to collapse and prevent anyone from going to the rim, um, you have to get out quickly, on, on, particularly in the corners where we've been weak defensively. And uh, they exploited us again there. In the second half, they really hurt us uh, um, shooting. Uh, we, we just seemed to be a step behind where we needed to be. Uh, in order to at least get a hand up, you know, and make it a more difficult shot. They got some wide open looks. Uh, but we were right in the contest, you know, until the, until the last I, I I thought they were fine on defense last night. You did? Yeah. So I, you I, think we're going to win a lot of games giving up 93 points? I, that means we got to score 94. You, I think Syracuse has played its best three basketball games the past three games in a row. And they've played the number one and the number four team in the country, and they could have beaten the number one and number four team in the country, and they beat the number eighteen team by twenty. I I, I think they're playing their best basketball now, and they got to just beat Wake, and they'll be fine. You got net, and now you got another five, top five team right around the corner. So. Well, I would well I would well I would argue that point, and I would say that I think that they have shown that they can hang with anybody, but their bet their best basketball is either yet to be played or um, uh, because certainly 
you know, when, when you get an opportunity to play, who will probably be the number one, Virginia and, and then Carolina, or, or maybe vice versa, because uh, Duke lost, um, Tennessee lost. Uh, so, you know, you're looking at, at a shuffle now at the top of the deck. And uh, I wouldn't be shocked. I think Virginia will probably move into the number one spot, and NC uh, will move into number two. Oh, Gonzaga's one, so Gonzaga will stay where they're at. Oh, Gonzaga was one. I apologize. Well, I think Kentucky lost, too. They won last night. So they're Are you sure, Are you sure about that? Yes. Yeah. Right. Kentucky won. What do I know? Anyway, I'm on a sports show. <laughs> um, but but w- w- the point that I'm trying to make is when you have an opportunity, you know, it's, it's rarer usually in sports that you're going to be on the road and be able to beat a big team like that. We were, we were right there. We were right there. Um, and... I think the things that we didn't do in order to capture the win were things that you just don't expect them to. I mean, the foul shooting was so bad. What do you think that was about? Were they fatigued? I mean, with battles misses, I I felt like, yes. I mean, he put up 29 points. He was running up and down the court. O'Shea just looks like he's completely lost at the foul line. Like, it's it's Chuck (coughs) Knobloch bad right now. Like, Steve Sachs, you know, he's got the yips at the foul line. He he. Well, it's not. I don't think it's just the foul line. There's the thing that, and, and again, this is interpretation in watching his play. But I started to watch his face more, uh, you know. And, and normally, um, you know, a, a, somebody, an athlete that's very passionate about what he does, uh, there there would be um, an an emotion of some kind that would come out after you miss both foul shots, after you miss, you know, a key wide open jumper or something happens. I didn't see a lot of emotion on him. He seems very uh, locked up right now. I wonder what's going on with him uh, uh, and how we motivate him to be um, more emotional about his play. My biggest problem with the forwards, Elijah Hughes, O'Shea Brissett, six rebounds between the two of them. They each had three rebounds last night. Yeah. And Syracuse got slaughtered on the boards in the second half. They got a lot of tweener bounces, though, I noticed. If you looked, it wasn't like the ball was popping up right up by the basket. They And, and it wasn't hammering all the way back to the foul line. It was landing, like, in the, in the paint, the ball a lot. It was weird. And so... Our guy would have position, and it would go over his head. They got they got an uncanny amount of those kinds of rebounds. Well, they do that every game, too. They're third in the nation. Yeah, they're really good rebounding. Rebounding, team, for so. sure. Well, that's because there's four or five bodies around the ball. They run to the basket, and that's the kind of thing you know you you have to be able to do when you're not a particularly tall team. We're, we're not you know short as a basketball team. We've got some big ball handlers, too, but they got to get inside to go for the ball when the ball goes up. Do you think Josh watched the game last night? I'm going to say Josh is going to tell us that he watched part, a part of it and then and then retired. Josh? I watched uh, 0.0 seconds of last night's game. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be here, guys. In full prep. In full, <laughs> in full preparation to do the show today? Obviously, yeah. I had to be ready for all the hitting questions. Well, you want to be consistent. You want to stay yeah, consistent. Is 9 o'clock too late for you? Yes! Why would they play a game at 9 o'clock? People have to go to bed. <laughs> no. What's your normal bedtime for a, uh, a show that starts at uh, 6 a.m.? Uh, I get in bed at 8. I start reading articles and I'm usually asleep by eight thirty, nine o'clock. And what time did the whiskey come out? Oh, that's usually out by seven. 
That's how that's usually the wind up. down. It's like it's like Daddy's bringing the plane into the hangar from seven to eight. I'm just kind of winding <laughs> down for the night, really kind of cooling it out. I love the honesty, my friend. <laughs> so we didn't watch a second of that game, though. Why? Why second. can't you? you, have, you are you new here? You know me. I know, but you even have to know that for your show, don't you? Like, I have to know have if to they know won or lost. Happened. I get up in the morning, I check Brent Axe's recap, I see what happened, and then I got all the information I need, man. Axe is your go-to, isn't he? He's my Cliff's Notes. <laughs> he, you know, I, I got to tell you, um, there's just the straight reporting stuff that goes on that's pretty much factual, and then I, I like Axe. I like, I like reading what he has to write because he throws some flair in there, and he throws some, but he doesn't go too big. He's not like a Stephen A, or he doesn't go as crazy as we go on this show, but he does enough that keeps me entertained when I read, you know, because he will go out there a little bit and, and criticize or do whatever, which is good for me because I, I don't want to just be a homer, you know, and, 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 and oh, gosh, we could we should have done this and not, you know, go after it a little bit, too. Do I dare, Josh, to do what Brent X's take on the game was? See, I don't really take Cliff notes he read. I don't really take his yeah. take. I, ch- I check the score. I see if anybody was hot and everybody was cold. And that's all I need to know. Who was hot and cold? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember Kobe our- White for UConn or you North Carolina was extremely hot last um, night. I'm very well, happy. You know, for you know, another thing that I that I, that jumped out at me too was um, some of the combinations Coach Beheim went with. They were very different. You know, he had um, uh, well, they were getting up and down the court. You yeah, know. yeah, they were, but they were using dual big men at the same time, and they were, you know, they were doing. They I were think doing that was stuff. just kind of a hey, we these guys are going to run us into the ground if we don't. Start putting more bodies on the floor. So. Okay, so so is that because you think that North Carolina is their style of play is faster than ours by but, far? Okay, but as young nineteen-year-old kids, twenty-year-old kids, shouldn't we be able to run up and down the court just as much as them? And a Division One, but you're not. Big-time you're, but if you're not used to playing at that pace, no. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would. Think- I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, that's like when you go play football against a run-and-shoot team and they're going to do no huddle and come in. I mean, you got to suck it up, Buttercup, and get out there and, and play the game. I, I thought I thought Syracuse played well last night. Did, and I'm not normally the negative. I'm normally the... I'm normally the negative one. I thought they played great against I, a, a top-ten team. and I thought they played well, in the particularly in the first half. I thought they got tired. Um, and I thought, uh, uh, you know, so if you lose a basketball game from the foul line... You, you, you can only look at at the, the mathematics, the probability of it. Um, as a basketball team, at this level, uh, you're starting five and the next two. As a team, I would imagine we shoot in the high 60 percentile, you know, probably from the foul line. But the guys who shoot 80 and the guys who shoot 50, you know, it's somewhere, it's somewhere in there. I got to say we shot below our team oh, average. yeah, by far. And uh, the other thing, what happened, I'm not normally this guy either. That, that was one of the worst officiated games I've ever seen last night. And it wasn't either – it wasn't toward Syracuse or North Carolina. They they got so far into calling fouls against Syracuse, 
in the first half that they outshot him by like 20 in the first half from the free throw line. Yeah. And then the officials, they I know they try not to do this, but it clearly looked like they were trying to even it out. Right. And they were making horrible calls against North Carolina, and it completely disrupted the game. Yeah, late you could see, you know, that's the danger of having that big jumbotron replay thing. There was a couple <laughs> calls that went to Syracuse that I looked at and I was like, that was Well, but it went both ways. And in the first half there – the whistle disparity, you can't overcome that. Syracuse is up nine really quick, and then those whistles start coming, and North Carolina is on the free throw line every every time down the court. Well, well here, here's the interesting thing about that. So you bring up, you've fallen into the spider's web, my friend, because what did North Carolina do with that poor officiating and that opportunity? They buried 94% of their free throw shots. And then when it became our turn, and they did, in theory, even it up, whatever, we missed these shots. And that was really a big difference in the game. Because if you're up, if we hit, you know, seven more of those fouls, we must have missed 13 or 14 or something, you know. So if we hit six more of them, it's a different game that's going to take place on the court. When you're up by nine, what you're going to do as Carolina coming down the court with two minutes left versus if you're in a two- or three-point game, which which with six minutes left, we trimmed it down you know, to three. There was a point last night where I knew it was over, too. Syracuse tied it up, and Kobe White hit a three-pointer that bounced off the rim. It went all the way all, It almost hit the ceiling. It right. came back down. I was like, you know what? Just every bounce is going their way tonight. Yeah, it's just yeah. not your night. Yeah, they're going to they're, they're, they're gonna win. Uh, the Chook, uh, he he seemed to have uh, uh, he seemed to have a friend of mine, Johnny, Johnny Fever, who's in. He's got a headset on. Johnny, you with us? Is Johnny on? Yeah, sorry. We gotta turn Johnny on. Johnny, you back? Am I out of mute now or no? Yeah, no you're out you of go. mute. You're okay. back. You're you're back and you're relevant, Johnny. There you go. Um, you had a line about the Chook. Tell us the line. I mean, I've watched him play for a couple of years, and and. Last night or, or this season, it looks like he has his feet glued to the floor, and he's, he's not getting off his feet at all. He's not blocking shots. He's not rebounding. I don't know. It seems like he has a desire, but he just his ability seems to change. And here's something about his play that I, I noticed what was missing from him last night. I didn't see any of the really alley you know, getting him. And he was the tallest guy on the court by far. I mean, he should be able to dunk over May. You know, if, if, if Brissett or... Uh, Tyus are driving the basket and they do that little dump to him. Uh, I didn't see any of that last night. And, you know, although it's not something we're depending on as Syracuse, when a guy dunks in your face, you know, down in the paint like that, it's a momentum thing. It gets people, you hear the whole place go nuts. You know, it fires you up. We missed those two or three of those that he did, too. I didn't see any of that from him. His Um, timing seems a little bit off, too. He looks like he's like an eighth of a second off or something every time the play goes down the floor. He just seems to be behind it. Well, the, the interesting thing to me was uh, the best-case scenario in, in a game like that, they did. They came out the gate, and they and they, and they 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 were scoring, and we were shooting well, and we were up by nine. But, and, you know, you knew that wasn't going to last, but it, it it's a message you send to the other team that, hey, you know, we came here. We're not going to roll over. We know you're Carolina. Ball. And, you know, and, and, and I loved the opening where they dimmed all the lights and all the little sparkly lights going around the stand. That, that was, was cool that as was hell. Impressive. That was that impressive. Was impressive. Yeah. That was really impressive. We've got to get some of that stuff going uh, over at the Dome. We've got to get some orange lights. Well, hopefully the new, uh, the new renovations will allow that because you can't shut the lights off in there now. We need to shut. We, need to, we should drop the bubble down the court and pick it up. We've got to do something exciting. <laughs> We've got to do something exciting. Aim, aim high. 
Yeah, let's go for it. All right, let's go to break. We're going to come back, and we're going to play So What? Josh, you ready? I'm ready, baby. I love your work, my friend. We'll be right back after this. Live from North Carolina, this is the Daniel Baldwin Show, brought to you by IntelliPure and the Wildcat Pizza Pub. I'm so excited. It's time for... Um, I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control and I just can't... Um. So what? It's unlistenable radio. You understand the me? Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now. Welcome back to the big show. There's people around. You can't be I like all the people around. The people can't in the be lobby. Yelling like there's, that. there's people in the lobby and when I get animated... They look around and they see the headset on and they go, why is that air traffic controller sitting in the middle of our lobby? Why is that McDonald's drive-thru man sitting in there? <laughs> <laughs> hold the pickle, hold the lettuce, special order, don't upset us. Uh, we're about to go into a little so what and joining us is Johnny Big Time uh, here in the studio uh, in the lobby. Um, Josh, you ready to go? So what? Brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus. Catch all the SU action on their big screen TVs, delicious food, and they were voted best sports pub in Camillus, in Syracuse, rather. They are located in Camillus, the Wildcat Sports Pub. Duke forward, Jack White. I would, I would venture they were the best in Camillus, too. Yeah, they absolutely are the best in Camillus. <laughs> uh, Duke forward, Jack White, has gone 0 for 28 on three-point so attempts over, three <laughs> over the last three games. He went 0 for 10 against Syracuse. Didn't make any last night either. So, uh, that's insane. See that? See that? They can't shoot. <laughs> 0 for 28 over the last three games. Well, it was. It's like, more than three games. It's going back to their game against uh, Florida State where they won at the buzzer. So, the game before Syrac- Syracuse beat them at Duke. I could do that. That's one, that is yeah. one sports stat I could achieve. You could shoot 1 for 28? 0 oh, for 28. I could do 0 oh, for 28. <laughs> oh, so, so you could go. I, you know, if I was trying to hit the foul shot, you know, I mean, obviously you could intentionally miss, but if I was actually really trying, I don't think I could go 0 for 28. But no one's guarding you when you're shooting foul shots. If you're doing the threes, it's going to be dip, more difficult. Yeah. I don't think I'd go 0 for 28 in I, when he went 0 for 10, I saw him. He shot I guarantee shot. you in a Division One basketball game, you wouldn't even get a shot up. You know, you make these comments. You Dude, you're 57. Ridiculous. You're not getting a shot up against Division One athletes. I am sticking and rolling against them. I'm sticking and rolling. And I'll come in to paint and score on May. You mean, all right. Better than Chuke did with the blue, blue, <laughs> glue feet. It's, it's not a soa. That's impressive. It's, I, I like people that are good at sucking like me <laughs> in my career. <laughs> <laughs> Major League Baseball has decided to put the pitcher clock on the back burner until 2022 at the earliest. That's too bad. That's too bad, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see him go out there. Although, they need to speed up the game. I think that's a big... Well, do you miss the guys like Roboski and guys that who did all the stuff, or, or, or Fidrich, you know, he talked to the ball. and I mean, if you're going to entertain me, do something out there, you know? Yeah. Do you remember Al Roboski? Are you old enough to remember him? He was a guy who pitched, and he would go. I'm not 100. I want to <laughs> smack the crap out of him and stick a three-pointer on him while he's laying on the ground. Um, Roboski was called the Mad Hungarian, and he would he would turn around, he'd go behind the mound and turn his back to the batter, and he'd do this thing with the ball in his hand, and then he'd slam the ball into his glove and turn around, get on the mound, and throw his fastball. <laughs> it was really great. I... I... <sighs> I see. I'm an up here baseball purist. I love baseball. I could sit and watch the Pirates play the Blue Jays. All you know, whatever whatever games on, I'm watching it. 
I don't have a problem with with the amount of time it takes, but I get where it hurts younger fans and they don't want to sit there and do this. They got to do something about the pitch. I hate the throwing over to first base too. I I, I they do it <coughs> ten thousand times. You either, nobody steals anymore either, so I don't even get just well, eliminate this is that one of those, the game. Th- this is one of those arguments where it's like I, I I hate that my wife takes so long getting ready when we're going out. Well, guess what? That's how long it takes. And you're going to get in the car and you're going to be waiting and you're going to do all the stuff about, honey, we got to go. And then you're going to start yelling up the stairs and then you're going to try to find stupid stuff to do because you know that when it's the hair, the dress, the whole bit and the shoes and, you know, and and you can tell her all you want that you have to be there at 7 p.m. because it's important and it's work and I'm trying to close this deal. And you're not getting there till 730. Eat it. Eat it. So. Baseball takes how long it takes. It is what it is. And if millennials, you know, have to, then give them a a screen at their seat to entertain them. I had this discussion with Derek Coleman the other day. It's not about us anymore. We're we're at an age where it doesn't matter what we think. We've done our time. There's a whole new generation. Baseball is going to die out if we don't do something to get these young kids to like it. So it's not about whether... We think it's going to take that long. These kids have grown up in an era where everything happens quickly. And yes. It's right at their fingertips. And but that starts at the seed corn of it because now you're talking about how many kids versus when we were young actually go play Little League baseball now and do the things we do. I mean, I didn't have to wait for Little League. We were playing baseball on the golf course, pickup games, pitching at each other with a fence as the target, you know, because we wouldn't have, we'd have enough guys for a catch or whatever. We'd had one guy in the outfield on the left side, one guy playing short and, and third. You know, we'd go over there and play five on five, you know I mean? But we did it every single day. Then we played wiffle ball, then we played basketball, then we played football. I mean, it was all day long. I turn around and I say to my own kids, who one of them is very athletic, and I say to her, don't you want to do any sport? And she's like, no, not really. Not really. I'd rather watch YouTube videos. Josh, what do you think? Pitch clock? I, I would love a pitch clock. I wish they would speed the game up a little bit myself. I, I it, it, <laughs> it could... Uh, 35, 40 minutes is how long a baseball game should be total, I think. And then <laughs> okay, in the last 10 way. years, in the last 10 years, how many start to finish baseball games have you watched? Zero. Zero. There yeah. You go. So maybe I'll watch more. Pitchers? You would, maybe you'd watch one? If I could squeeze it into, you know, 25, 30 minutes, yeah, I'll watch a baseball game. I'm not sitting through four hours. Well, see, that's what I love, those condensed games now on MLB Network, too. You can just go back and watch. They cut out all that garbage. Yeah, you know, one of the greatest things that they've added to television is the red zone. Yeah. They just jump around from league to league when you're inside the 20, and they go, here they go. Maybe shave some innings off. Why are we doing nine? Let's get down to three. (laughs) Do a a good, solid three innings, and you're out of there. Like a video game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that idea. See, I think what you're going to find that's going to be the thing, and, 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 and no, I don't have the full answer for it yet, but you're going to find that there's going to be ways to integrate the audience at a baseball game into what's going on in the game somehow. So I'm not saying, like I thought it would be really interesting, for instance, in my business, what if we did a TV show where the audience and your membership got to get involved in what happens in the storyline? So, you know, so should so-and-so break up with so-and-so? Should so-and-so be killed? Should so-and-so and let the fans So break. the fans all have an app on their phone and a, they're an like... An interactive way like to be involved curve. in what happens the you next to, week in the show. You get to pick the pitch. 
Curveball, fastball, okay. slider. Section okay, so 102, I'm, seat 7B. You're up to bat. Get down here. Come on. <laughs> right, right. No, 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 I'm not saying that. But watch out when I tell you this. What if you had an app on your phone that while you were sitting in the stands, you could bet on things that were going to happen? So, for instance, it flashes up because legalized gambling is going to happen in each state now. So here you are at the Padres-Mets game, and you're sitting in New York, and they say single, double, triple home run strike up, and you push it, and it's automatically a $50 bet. And so you do stuff like that. And Major League Baseball, you laugh. I know. But, but you come you, out and your car's been repossessed out of the parking lot. <laughs> right. but, but or what listen, if it's like you can play on, you can vote on your app, and like for this inning, the shortstop has to wear a bag on his head or something. <laughs> yeah, they're never going to do stuff like that. But what you're going to find out, <laughs> what you're going to find out is you're going to be able to gamble. So the way it's going to work, and the way they're setting it up now, and, and this is not being done by the league. This is being done by gambling sites and hotels. One of which I have a very good relationship with in Las Vegas, and so. So what they're going to do is they're going to pre-approve you with a credit card that you are pre-approved to handle, you know, because you could do a, say, a $50 bet. By clicking it, you click a $50 bet. You could do seven of those an inning, eight of those an inning, and the options will come up live right on your phone while you're waiting for that next pitch. Double, and you hit a, if you predict a guy's going to hit a double, it'll pay you like seven to one odds, you know, on a $50 bet. Now, there's going to be guys that have approval for $1,000 bets, and they may bet, you know, 100, 100 grand a game, you know, but you watch this how. sounds it, like a horrible idea. Oh, no, you watch, they're going to do it. They're absolutely going to do it. Somebody's going to. There'd be a lot of money involved in that. Oh my God! They're going to. They're so going to do it, and it's going to happen at a state level. Some yeah. guy sitting on his couch. Totally. Yeah. Think about the interaction of that. Think about sitting there and you're trying to draw fans. They may have no choice but to do things like this because it is diminishing. And as they sign these contracts, three hundred twenty million dollars from Machado. You know what I mean? Like, start thinking about the money going out the door. You need revenue to come back in to compensate you for that. And gambling is going to be the way they're going to do it. You'll see. Well, another thing that might not be happening anytime soon is a uh, change to replay review. Wow, okay, well, all right. (laughs) No, the NFL Competition Committee members suggest the league is very unlikely to make significant changes to replay review this offseason. Quote, calls are just missed. Officials are just human. They're going to miss calls from time to time. To think that we are in a system where calls are going to be corrected from New York or just from upstairs, I don't think we're even close to being there. So they've learned nothing from that Saints game. Exactly I have right. The answer. I have the answer. Okay. I have the answer. Don't review going into the end of the first half. Don't review it. Review touchdowns, just touchdowns, not a catch, not a catch on the field, not an incomplete, not an out of bounds. Don't review anything except whether or not it was a touchdown. So you break the plane or you catch the ball. That you should review all the time. They have to do turnovers. Hang too. on, hang on. No, let's just, here's my idea. You can do with it what you want. You don't have to agree with it. I say you throw out all the other reviews, and then in the last two minutes of the game, you can review everything. You can review it all. Whether it was pass interference, you can review. If you throw that flag out, this makes the value of holding on to that flag. But if you, if you, if you throw that flag out, and then you But want that puts the, all the importance on the last two minutes of the game because a pass interference in the first minute of the game could it, cost you too. Here, here's the thing about it. I, I'm certainly not saying that the outcome of the game can't be determined in the first half. What I'm saying is you would eliminate all these delays and, and just say, we're going to review everything that happens in the last two minutes. The league is going to do it. So the, the problem with the famous, we'll call it the Saints call now, is the league knew the minute it happened. And they could have just radioed down and said, 
hey, man, we need to take a look at that. Hang on yeah. a second. You know, that, that was well, so blatant. Well, yeah, there should have been somebody. You guys are about to get fired. Right. Well, <laughs> well, 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 so what's the reality of that? Again, if we were up by 22 in the first half against North Carolina, if we if – we, if you take away all of the probability and all the other nonsense and just say the last two minutes we're going to review every single play. There's a lead guy who's a smart guy watching on the monitor. He goes, hang on a second. He just has to hit a button. That How about says, just get – if you're going to do that, just do it the whole game and get everything. If you're going to – if you've got the technology, get the calls right and do it quickly. Well, because now you're talking about a pitch count and, a, and, and you're talking about a pitch clock. Well, you know how much time that would take if every single – so I say do just the opposite. There was a time when the league was successful – when nothing was reviewed, so it, it, for for the for the the desire to be accurate and have the outcome be true. Well, I, I agree more with that. If you're going to get rid of it, get rid of it altogether. And then, if or if you're going to use it, use it right and well, make well, sure you get well, everything. Well, right. well, okay, and I hear your logic of that, but but just take a look at this. The game is played the way it is in the first quarter and then the second quarter. The second quarter, some of the game is being played because of what happened in the first quarter. And in the third quarter, the game is now definitely being played based on what the score is and you're throwing the ball more. And you're so by the time you get to those last couple of minutes in the fourth quarter, everything that's happened before you has shaped what you're about to do. If you're down by 14, you're throwing the ball crazy. You're running a two-minute offense. So it's all been affected. So let's make sure that the final part of the game isn't blown – so I, I see that more as a um, as a guarantee that we're not going to, to change everything that happened before us because of because of human error. Besides that, though, I would I honestly would rather go back to yeah the ref blew the call because just like a guy, look there was no attention paid. I could not believe this. In that Super Bowl, they came down the field. And Goff throws a perfectly lobbed pass that hits the wide receiver unencumbered in the end zone, one step, one foot. He's, he's passing the goal line, and he just dropped the ball. And it, because of all this other nonsense and all the stuff we're talking about and what a boring Super Bowl it was and blah, 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 and this call wasn't made, there was so little press about the fact that that was the tying touchdown in the game. It would have – now, I'm not saying knowing Brady wasn't going to come down the field and kick a field goal anyway, but – it, it, it received so little attention that this guy choked and dropped the ball. And I thought to myself, you know what? We're so focused on this other stuff. That would have been huge news. We would have talked all about it, but we didn't really talk much about it. We didn't talk about it really at all. No one was reporting on it. So, I just, uh, What makes that play not reviewable? That's what I struggle with is how they pick and choose what plays they're going to review and which ones they're not. Well, I, th- I think it was un- the idea is that you're going to undermine an official. You know? Yeah, but even that – Everybody saw it as soon as it happened. Even, someone someone yeah. in their ear could just say, hey, that was a pe- throw a flag and I'll explain it to you while you're walking. You guys are huddled up. Well, that, yeah, was, the epi- that was the epitome of a, of a wide receiver comes downfield and does a quick out and then you bite it and he takes off up the field and you grab him. You well, know that's what, I mean? what he did. He, but, well, you he say it's a got, touchdown. He did the same thing. Yeah, he knew he, he got beat. He yeah. knew he was beat. And so he just hammered him. He knew it was good. He tried thought, to save the touchdown. I'll exactly. take the one in a hundred chance that no one's going to call this, and they didn't call it. But he they, he he committed at least two penalties. He hit helmet to helmet. He, yeah, you know yeah. it's crazy. What else you got, Josh? All right, back to the NFL. Uh, the Oakland Raiders have come to an agreement with the Coliseum. They will be playing there through the 2019 oh. season. Again, uh, shocking. They've now found another place. To Shocking that they're going to play in the Coliseum. Do you remember my saying, why don't they just go back and play in the Coliseum? So they're going to have to set the schedule up 
What a disaster! Oh, I love I love the fact that they're in a coliseum. That's a, the epic location of. I so know, but many now they got the, they're going to do all their games on the weeks that the the Rams aren't there. It's a, that's oh, that's what the Jets and the Giants do. Uh, you know, I like them play, make year. them play all road games. They should no, have stayed in Oakland. Do, you can't do that. You can't have them play all the road games. Well, nobody I, wanted them. They tried to go anywhere else, and nobody would take well, them. Yeah, they had they had an agreement with San Francisco to play in Oracle Park, and that fell through. And well, that's because they wouldn't pay some incredibly high. You know, they decided to try to just crush the Raiders. They were like, "Well, yeah, we want improvements done on this." When they kept throwing stuff at them that they wanted extra to play there, and for Davis, I think it became just ridiculous. I like them in the Coliseum, though. That's their last hurrah before they go to Vegas. I can't wait to see. An NFL franchise in Las Vegas. I think that's good. That stadium looks awesome. Oh, it's going to be cool. It's going to be so cool. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, age 71, is auctioning off four of his six title rings in an auction to raise money for the Skyhook Foundation. Wow. Wow. All right, as long as he's not broke, I'm okay with it. If no, he, he made it very broke. clear that he's not doing this because of bankruptcy. He's doing it to raise money for this organization. Okay, that's The fine. rings are from his first two titles, the first with the Milwaukee Bucks in 1971, and then with the Los Angeles Lakers in 82, uh, and then the Lakers rings 80, 87, and 88. Well, now you would think that from a memorabilia standpoint, my first take on that was that Jabbar's ring from Milwaukee would be worth a lot of money. But you know what? Where the players are, they're going to bid on that ring. There are guys in L.A. that would buy Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's Yeah, no way. The Showtime I, bet, I bet you he could bring in you know, half a million or more dollars. The Showtime ring. rings will sell for more. Yeah, for sure. There's a couple of for other sure. things, too. Well, so currently his Los Angeles Lakers NBA championship ring is at $90,000 for the current bid. He also has a most valuable player trophy that's at 47000 and he has uh, an 89 game-used, signed, and inscribed Spalding basketball from uh, for the last— Does he have a family? Points in his $85,000. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just find it fascinating. Like, you don't want to leave some of that to somebody? You, you know, know, like, I, that's your history. But, yes, it's, it's part of his legacy. But I guess um, your legacy is better if you're— but you know, he's always been a guy, uh, you know, I spent some time with him. We sat by each other multiple times at games, and I've done some functions with him. He's a very cerebral guy. I don't think he's attached to things like that. I think that he is definitely somebody who would see that w- what he could do uh, with that type of money to help somebody. So. Um, what a gesture. I think that's amazing. A lot of the uh, random things he's auctioning off, too, are like high school trophies that he got, random rings. He won a power, 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 no, Powell Memorial High School in New York, I think he went to. Yeah, that's what he's got here. And he's got like practice jerseys and stuff. It's a huge lot of things you can bid on, but obviously the biggest, the biggest grabbers are, are his NBA championship rings. Well, I would think that there's some entrepreneurial guy out there that will buy the whole thing and donate it to the Hall of Fame. You know, I mean, like that's that kind of stuff should be in the hall. I mean, isn't he still? Is he still the number one scorer in the history of the game? He's the most points yeah. ever. Still, Hoagie says yes. So, yeah, if Hoagie says it, <laughs> he's gonna turn his mic on. <laughs> he's our Google. He's nodding his head. I don't. He doesn't know if he wants you to. Do you want him to talk? I mean, he's yeah, the sandwich man. We love Hoagie talking. Are you Hoagie's me? the greatest. Incredible bulk Hoagie. How is Hoagie today? I'm doing well. That's a so what. All right, finally for your so what, a man in South Carolina went viral because he noticed a bunch of Girl Scouts outside selling Girl Scout cookies. 
He wanted them to. Now it's not going to go that way. I know what you're thinking, but it's not going to go that way. No, he, no, I know. Did you know that there's two stories? Yes, to this I'm going to get to the oh, second let's hear the part. the first story. So the first part is he wants these girls to get out of the cold. I guess it was 34 degrees in South Carolina. That's cold. So he spends four, $540 to buy up all the Girl Scout cookies so they, they can go home. Well, story goes viral, and the DEA recognizes the guy. And he is wanted for drug trafficking, <laughs> and he's arrested for importing and exporting heroin and cocaine from Mexico. <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah, if you, this is why charity, if you do nice things, you don't want the credit for it. Well, there was a great spec in this in the late 70s, early 80s, Mayor Koch. Uh, in New York, started this program where they were giving away Yankee tickets. Like, they did this mock-up thing from one of the big radio stations, WOR, I think, covered the Yankee games. And so uh, they took criminals that were wanted that they couldn't get, and they sent them a thing in the mail saying that they won and they had to come down to claim their tickets. And they would do this massive arrest, and they get, like, you know, 90% turnout. They put them in box seats. They got to eat and drink and blah, blah, and this fancy letter. You've won random, and people, all the criminals would show up to get the free Yankee tickets, and they'd round them all up and lock them up. That's great. So like What it. is brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus. Catch all the SU action on their big screen TVs and enjoy a delicious meal. Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus. We'll be back. We'll talk Intellipure when we right. We got Vinny Lobdell, president of Intellipure, coming in. Johnny Fever, Johnny Functions, good friend. Live from North Carolina, this is the Daniel Baldwin Show, brought to you by IntelliPure and the Wildcat Pizza Pub. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. You like when it comes out oh, there, that blazing out the gate, huh? We're in a lobby. There's what are you talking about? Not all the people like are so it. excited that we're here. Yeah, There's a line out there, Polly the Mole line for autographs. Calling the police. Sitting in with us right now is president of Intellipure and my friend Vinny Lobdell. Vinny, welcome. Hey, good to be here. So, you know, one of the really interesting things as we go into the more technical aspects of what, you know, and I'll use LeBron James as an example. You know, the lengths that athletes have, will go to with the technology where it is today. And your company um, actually is responsible for, for when I'm home, I can tell the difference about how I sleep. Um, your, uh, your system that purifies and, 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 uh, and cleanses, if you will, the air uh, and it is the best in the world. It's rated the highest and the most successful. It's 40 times more efficient than some of the best HEPA products that are out there right now. And athletes around the world, high-caliber high athletes, are turning to IntelliPure. Tell us more about how that affects them and, and what IntelliPure is all about. Well, <clears throat> athletes are paid to perform. And, you know, at IntelliPure, our goal has always been to build the world's best medically, medical-grade air cleaning systems. And so the, the, the benefit of a Healthway and, and the IntelliPure system is that we're basically filtering 100% all the ultra-fine particles. These particles are the things that get lodged into our, uh, into our immune system and basically can make us sick. And so our goal has always been to really focus on providing absolute air cleaning perfection, whether it's uh, inline installed into your HVAC system or actually a portable system like you use at home. People like Manny Pacquiao, I mean, we, we provided him systems for when he was training, etc. And uh, we're just really focused on 
the best protection uh, from the airborne ultrafine particles. Now, you know, these ultrafine particles, uh, they had been discovered some time back, but now they're linked to even cancer and, and, and other things uh, that can be extremely detrimental to your health. Yeah, I mean, air pollution is the number one health concern facing humans worldwide. So it's not just Beijing. It really came on when we had the Beijing Olympics. Athletes were getting sick. Uh, you know, countries that maybe weren't even going to send their athletes there because the, the air pollution was so bad. And that really brought air pollution and, and, and air quality to the forefront. And so we look at that and we say athletes, you know, they're, they're paid to perform and their health is the most important thing they have. And so we really now focus on high-performance athletes, uh, fitness centers, et cetera, to really provide, as I mentioned, the best protection for their health. But interesting that you should say that because the thing that sold me on wanting to have the units in my home were my kids. Mm. You know, providing the best care that I possibly can in the structure that my children, my most valued possession, if you will, uh, you know, that's what really turned me, you know, I mean, I'm big, fat, old 58 year old guy, but knowing that my children are walking around breathing the best possible air they can. And we're talking about you pop this in the wall and you turn it on, and you just let it go. You know? Yeah. Previously, you really couldn't see what's in the air. The challenge you have is, is if you look outside right now, you can't, we're looking in this room. We don't really know if the air quality is good or bad, but we now know that 90% of our time spent indoors. We know that basically seven out of 10 homes are considered sick homes. And so low quality, low cost, uh, air quality diagnostics are very simple today and we can actually see what's in the air and we can have very very effective solutions to address those yeah man i like it it's the awesome. big athletes the family men everyone's turning to intellipure how you know and, and another thing for our audience in the syracuse areas you're a central New York Pulaski, you know, uh, company. Yeah, it's it's been really cool to kind of see the transformation that um, we've had in, in our business in central New York. Pulaski is, you know, near and dear to our heart. We have a, a ton of great employees up there. Every one of these machines are individually certified and tested, handcrafted right there in Pulaski, New York. So we really take pride in that. We, we feel blessed to have the opportunity to work in central New York and make an American-made product and, you know, one of the best in the world. You know, and, and, and I know you're not going to talk about this, but i got to say... Um, Having had an opportunity, you and your family, to drink from the well and have the success that IntelliPure, which is blowing up globally now, you know, you've not turned your back uh, on, on the responsibility of giving back. And you do a lot of really, really good things up there in Pulaski. Tell us about your theater. Yeah, it's really cool. You know, my father has uh, been a steward for the Pulaski area for many years, and it's one of those things where um, we've really taken a lot of our time and effort and our profits and reinvested them back into the community. So we took a 19 theater, uh, 1930s movie theater, movie house that was basically going to be torn down, and we turned it into the Callet Theater and Performing Arts Center, which has really been a, a true blessing to the community. We always say it's probably the the uh, worst financial uh, return we've ever received, but it certainly has uh, been one of the most perfect personally rewarding things we've ever done. And to see the way people have engaged with it and the real impact that makes in the community has been very special for our family. And it's, it's one of those things where serving and giving back, you really start to appreciate that. You start to see the impact it really makes. Yeah, for sure. So now in my house, I have multiple units upstairs and downstairs because um, I have such a big old house. But if I'm going to turn around and I'm somebody who wants to improve the quality of the air in my home, Obviously, I can get now. You have a unit now that can hook in, into your central air. And, yeah, and 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 that that's your heating as well. So you put, it goes somewhere in a duct, I guess. Or? Yeah. The the benefit of what we've done now is we can actually integrate our technology into your 
we call it integrated into your inline system, so your HVAC system at the point of entry. So your supplier, the return of your HVAC system, we can actually monitor the air quality and engage that system to work at all times. So the Internet of Things or the smart, healthy home concept that we're integrating in with the IntelliPure whole house system. So for me, I'm not, I don't have that kind of system in my house because yeah. uh, of the age of my house. But is having my one unit downstairs and my one unit upstairs, that's going to service that house pretty good? We tell everyone to put the machine in the area, spend the most time, run it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you're going to get really good high-level air cleaning. Yeah. yeah, I notice it, man. I got to say that particularly my you – know, you would never associate the two of being in my bedroom and having that thing run – and sleeping better, mm. but I got to tell you. Well, there's now proof that it enhances daytime performance. I mean, we work with a lot of companies on risk management side, uh, like one group, we work with them and basically tie it in and how they work with their employment companies, et cetera. So we're really finding that this is really something everyone needs. Uh, it's not a matter of if, it's it's happening. There's Everyone needs protection from this very dangerous issue. Can this enhance Paulie's nighttime performance? It's the question that's coming over <laughs> the, the, the texting right now. Paulie. What's my nighttime performance? <laughs> I don't know. What am I doing at night? <laughs> right now you're 0 for 28, but yeah. that's okay. Yeah, I'm, uh... that's great. <laughs> uh, good stuff, guys. Good stuff. You want to take an early break and we'll come back? Yeah, we're a break behind anyway. So. We're a break behind. Well, you know what? Let's take a long break and we'll be back with more after this. Live from North Carolina, this is the Daniel Baldwin Show, brought to you by IntelliPure and the Wildcat Pizza Pub. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Premature pointage? Terrifying. I like the song, though. It's just a little crush by Jennifer Page. Wow. I know my one-hit wonders. Hey, Daniel. Just a little programming note for everybody. Apparently, the, apparently there's a bug shooting around the building. Yeah. We're lucky we're in the hotel at North Carolina. We needed Telepure in the Galaxy buildings to rid the buggage. Uh, no Orange Nation today. Seth and uh, Steve, a little under the weather. There'll also be no GMAX. So we're going like four hours? What are we doing? No, I want to get in the car and get home. Let's do the I've car. Can we enough- hook this thing up to the car and do no. the life on the road? I've spent enough time with you. I'm going to leave you. You're with me for nine and a half hours. I'm going to leave you at the Chick-fil-A in Fredericksburg where they love you. We going- now, let me let me ask you this then. So we went to the Burger King that you, you hop at all the time. Is there a return trip like agenda? Like we stop at No. Places? On the way home, it's just get there. You get there as quickly as possible. You stop and eat when you get gas. That's it. So we don't we don't we don't have anything uh, um, locked in like like this. No, now. I normally stop at the same exit just as we're going into New York. It's called Great Bend, Pennsylvania. Great Bend. What do we go to in Great Bend? I'm very That's excited. the Burger King we go to, and it's that's um, the one that yeah, we went to. And before? Normally, I just get a Dunkin' on that one on the way home, and well, it's well, okay. But 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 when when you say that. Um, we kind of paid the price going there last time, though. We weren't feeling great about it. That was just you. I'm fine. I'm happy. You even said. You even said to me. Yeah, you're we're like, going to regret it. Yeah, you're going to regret that. Well, well, let Every me, time you eat okay. fast food, you're going to regret that okay, decision. So let me let me ask what this looks like. What does this look like? What does it look like if we stop for the 30 minutes and quickly order? Not on the way home. Plate? I need to get home. I've got a dog waiting for me. So there's no there's no break. This has got to be no, on you're the eating fly. in the car, yeah. This is my trip. You know, I, you know, you do know that I care about you. Yeah. And I got to say that the years of doing this is terrible for your body. It's terrible. I felt the difference when I got here from eating fast food. I never eat fast food. 
like very rare. You eat way worse than I did. You were like squirting mayo onto your sandwich. Well, like they're, they're, well, they're lice. If, I, if I'm going to go into a house of prostitution and I'm at the Mustang Ranch, I'm not going to go in there to play I nibble. I nibble. Oh, yeah, I'm nibbling in there. I'm gobbling. I'm doing everything. I nibble. doing it all, I don't when, eat I'm, all that. when I'm at the ranch. I'm going in there. I'm trying, I'm trying to... <laughs> I'll try to win the Lamar Odom Award, for God's sake. Yeah. If I'm going, if I'm going in, I'm going in big. Uh, all right. So yeah, no origination today. We'll carry the Dan Lebetard show. I hope everybody that's got the bug back there is feeling he's better. Got some, he's got some heat in Syracuse right now. People are a little upset with old Lebetard. Are you? Uh, You're not touching that one. Are you uh, <laughs> feeling okay, Tommy Hogan, back there? Are you? Did you? I'm your feeling immune system? fine. Yeah, I think you pickle yourself. I think, it's I think Seth. you drink so much. I think he's just strong. I think I no, think you're underestimating the powers of the incredible. Bulk. No, exactly. I had, like he was going. He, he had always tickets is. to the Duke. I had he had tickets to the Duke game, so I had to schedule him around going to the game. And he's like, I think I need to the earlier shift off because he's. He, well, he listen, needs to, I need to get up on pre-game. campus quick. Yes, exactly. It's not. It's not. It's not like he doesn't know how to work it either. But because we've asked him to do a few things, he's like, ah, yeah, no, I'm not coming in that day. I'm going to be. So he's still on the circuit. You yeah, see, that's, that's what I'm saying. He was like, yeah, he's, I can, he's like, I'll work up till noon, and then I've got to start drinking, or my body will shut down. Well, let me ask you this, bulk. Now, now that you're an, an, an on microphone personality, and you know, I mean, I, from what I understand, your popularity is junk. Jumped exponentially. Correct. Uh, are you? Are, is it turning into uh, uh, interludes that you were looking for? Is it turned into popularity where you're able to take advantage of it? Are you signing autographs, taking pictures? What's it like? What's going on? No autographs yet. A couple pictures. Um, it really got into my um, activities. It was slowing me down a little bit. The fame isn't as great as you as, as you think. I guess you know. But it's just not as great as I thought. I guess you know. I like that answer. Yeah, there was a time back in the day. Yeah. I remember what that was like. You know, there's every once in a while when I go into Chick-fil-A, it still works <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> the bar let me in, no cover. I was good to go. That was cool. Wow. Yeah. And now, does a bar want to mention? Are they expecting a mention? Nope. Or? No. 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 Okay, yeah, you want cash no for No free that, ads. Bro. Yeah, you That's want right. cash for that. I've you taught you well, my, That's right. <laughs> my young Jedi. See? <laughs> yeah, we will take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll do sounding off. We'll hear from Coach Beheim. Uh, apparently, the Portland Trailer Trailblazers got caught in an elevator for 30 minutes so we'll come back with we'll do sounding off next we'll be right back after this live from north carolina this is the daniel baldwin show brought to you by intellipure and the wildcat pizza pub this is a journey into sound a journey which along the way will bring to you new color new dimension new values hey want to hear the most annoying sound in the world loud noises please shut this is Sounding Off with Pauly Sevilla. You ready for this, Daniel Baldwin? I'm ready to go. Fire it up. Syracuse lost to North Carolina last night. Here are the thoughts of one head coach, Jim Beheim. Uh-oh. Tommy Hogan. I thought the first half we moved the ball and shot the ball well, probably as, as well as we have. We have played... Um, We've shot the ball better uh, in some of our road games this year, and I thought we got good shots and we made them. The foul situation hurt us tremendously. Uh, Second half, it was a little bit more. Uh, It didn't hurt us as much, but the first half, it was crushing. But um, again, uh, you know, North Carolina is playing um, as well as anybody uh, in the country. I think they 
got a, a really great mixture of veteran guys and young guys that can can help them. But I thought we did the things uh, offensively uh, that would we're, we've, we've done on occasion, but I think we were really uh, much better tonight than we've been, and I think it's something we can build on. But, you know, we knew coming into this stretch of games that it was going to be difficult. Uh, I think uh, this was a, a good outing for us, and we just need to, you know, we we, we didn't make too many, 10 turnovers, not not bad, but we made a couple open court turnovers that led to baskets, but our free throw shooting was bad, and theirs was very good, and they got a lot more of them, so that was a contributing factor in the game. Uh, they hurt everybody on the boards, they hurt us in the second half big time on the boards, but Again, they're really good, and uh, I thought we did a lot of good, positive things today. He had the same kind of, you know? Yeah, I mean... I it, thought Syracuse played great. They play any of the other teams. If they play mid-level down the way they did last night, they're beating a lot of teams in the no, ACC. You know, you know here's the thing. I, again, I don't want anyone who's listening to think that I at any time don't think Syracuse played well. I just, you know, when 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 you go and you lose by twenty because you just get beat up. If you go into a prize fight and the guy just he beats you, you know, there's losing and there's. I thought we lost last night. I didn't think we got beat. I thought we played well enough and had we picked it up in some areas that, you know, I mean, I fully expected that they were going to beat us up on the boards. I knew that was coming. If you're going to be weaker in a, if you section it off, rebounding, shooting, defense, blah, blah, and these different things into a pie, if you're going to be disproportionately beat up in one area, you better be compensating and making up for it. I think we shot pretty well. I think that, you know, we, we could have done a couple of things better. Certainly the one that really is obvious to me, was A, their free throw shooting, which we can't do anything really about. But when a team's going to shoot, you know, 90-something percent and get that many more opportunities, then you, you can't afford to miss that many free throws. We have to rise to the occasion. And that will be the difference when we get into the tournament, uh, you know, with whether or not it's going to be one of these surprise run circuits. It won't be any surprise to us. We've seen what they can do against Duke, against Louisville, against the Ohio States, against the different teams. So... You know, we know we can play that well, but it's gonna. The difference is gonna be we need to pick up our average in every category. We need to play that well. Yeah, the advantage Syracuse has going into the tournament, though, too, and it plays out every year is all these schools that we play in the conference know the zone. When you get into the tournament, none of these teams have ever seen a zone like Syracuse is playing. So you get that advantage. I think this team's got another run in it. You know, Syracuse was not the only team to lose last night. Is that the cue for That Hoagie? was the cue. I was <laughs> I hoping Hoagie would. Hoagie would pick it up. Von Reddish. Reddish for three. Won't go. Blackshear has the rebound, and Virginia Tech is going to knock off number three, Duke. And here they come. For the third straight time, the Hokies have knocked off a top five Duke team. That's a big win for that program. Yeah, they, they're, the, Virginia Tech's good. Yeah. I mean, they laid it to Syracuse there. They, they can beat anybody in the country. Yep. They remind me of us, actually. This is a great conference. Syracuse beats Wake Forest. They're going to the tournament. Virginia Tech yeah, stormed the court. What do you think of the 20th team in the country storm the court against Duke? Virginia Tech, I, I approve. 
Virginia really? Tech has the basketball heritage of Onondaga Community College. They're they're they have no history. If you, if they beat Duke, they have every right to 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 charge. Yeah, and I think you also have to look at you know when when you're Duke, when you're you know Virginia right now, North Carolina, but you know you're that highly ranked. There's nothing going on up at, uh, at Virginia Tech. You know, there's not there's not a lot of reasons to be thrown down. Fo- if their football fans ever charge the field, I'll I'll have an issue with it. Their basketball program. Why was, their football program hasn't done anything in ten years? Their their football program is a, is one of the best. So. Yeah, they start off really great and then they end up number twenty five. So, but their basketball fans have every right. Did you know you they have one first round draft pick in their entire history? Is a college basketball team? College basketball. Who was it? Uh, you you should get it. You want me to tell yeah, you? I, or? Yes, yes. Del Curry, the Del only first-round draft pick in Virginia Steph's Tech history. Is he, Correct. Yeah. See, when your only number one, your your only first-round pick is Steph Curry's dad, you're allowed to tr- you're charged a court. Did you see the thing, the uh, video of him shooting threes against his son? He gets out there with Steph Curry, and I kid you not, he hits like seven three-pointers in a row. Del Curry, he just starts sticking from NBA threes too. He's just dropping it. Look it up. Would you be? Uh, are you a better shooter than Del Curry, Daniel? <laughs> Shoot him down. This, are you yeah. kidding me? All right. Of course I am. I'm going to bow him underneath. The Portland Trailblazers got stuck in an elevator for 30 minutes last night. Uh, or the uh, other how night. many? Portland Trailblazers are stuck in an elevator. Enough of them. How many Portland there's Trailblazers ten in there. does it take to screw a light bulb? That was the Go issue, ahead. I think, that there's too many of them in the elevator. The, I, can, I see that. Yeah, stuck in an elevator, man. We got stuck in an elevator, man. We haven't, um, we don't know what's going on. We got stuck in an elevator, man. We're in a survival mode, man. We're in a survival mode. We're in a survival mode. 30 minutes, man. You've been here for 30 minutes? Almost 30 minutes. How would you like to be the... How would you like to be the little mousy housekeeping chick that ends up stepping in the elevator and says, yeah, we got room for one more. And you step in, the door is closed, and you're in there with like these gigantic men. How would you handle... I don't think I'd have any issue being stuck in an elevator. Like, my, my phobias are pretty... Cut and dry. I, I was like going flying. to fantasies. I don't like flying. I was going to fantasies. Being in a elevator with a basketball team. Yeah, baby. <laughs> and finally, this one's going to pique your interest. Right. A man set the Guinness Book of World's Records for most three pointers in a minute at thirty-one. Never quit one. shooting and working on my stuff, and I just always looking for some other challenge, you know. They highly recommended that you had high-ranking people, like in society, and they use examples of police officers. So I had, like, three different police officers here. I had to have two referees. It was crazy. It was a team of people. So that's one thing I wanted to do, like, is just thank everybody that donated their time and gave the effort because I worked my butt off, my wife and I were practicing, but I couldn't have did it without all the people that were here to help, you know, I'm going to kind of look it over and I'm going to let all this kind of soak in, settle, and, you know, hopefully it keeps getting out there and, you know, get some more recognition and it goes hand in hand with my basketball stuff, my training, and, you know, make a name for myself. One every two well, seconds is nothing that, for you, Daniel. That's, 
That's better than that's better than one every two seconds. Thirty one is better than one. Sure. So does he not miss thirty one or does he actually miss in there? Do we know? He's just chucking, dude. That, so does he shoot forty five and or 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 does he make thirty one out of thirty four or something? I mean, sounds like he had to have done it that way because they've got the balls on the rack and you spin. I guess someone's replacing the racks for him or something because usually it's to one side and you just. Um, but wow, that's impressive. No, I don't think I got. I don't think I got thirty one. No, we found the one probably, thing. Probably about twenty eight. I lose another bet. Probably about twenty eight. I lose another bet. <laughs> Just I, under thought two we, I thought we found the first thing Daniel Baldwin said he couldn't do. <laughs> this guy's release must longer. be ridiculously quick. Just firing them up. Like, it might be tough yes. to get 31 threes off in a minute. Might not just make 31. 31 threes getting off in a minute is a lot. Yeah, that's what I mean. But so the question is, is he chucking one up? Like, literally, if you wanted to, you could throw up one every second, every second and a half. So is he just firing up, you know, 55 of them, and he made 31 out of 55? Or is he setting, turning, shooting, and he, and he only shot 35, and he shot 31? It would be interesting to see if there's, there has to be video of that. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk to Alan Griffin, brought to you by David Ford. Live from North Carolina, this is the Daniel Baldwin Show, brought to you by IntelliPure and the Wildcat Pizza Pub. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now, and we're back. We're fighting. Live from the big show. You know, yeah, we're getting, you know, what we're doing is we're not really fighting. We're gearing up. You know, that, 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 that little dance you do with your partner before you get in the car for nine and a half hours. <laughs> I'm already yelling at you. Will you stop setting the headphones down so hard? You know what, man? I just, I'm just i used to industrial strength. <laughs> That's what I guess it is. Manhandling the equipment. Oh, my God. It's like a Friday night for you. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Alan Griffin on the phone, brought to you by Davidson. For Griff, what did you take out of last night's game against the Tar Heels? Uh, North Carolina's really good. <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, you know, you can prepare for it all, you know, all you want, but... Their pace, uh, you know, makes and misses. They get up and down the court as fast as anybody I've seen in a long time. Uh, and led by Kobe White, who is a outstanding uh, freshman, who's getting a little overshadowed by this freshman at Duke. But, you know, he's very good in his own right. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, them uh, rebounding. Uh, they did a phenomenal job on the glass, uh, getting second oppor- second chance opportunities, which, you know, at the end of the day on the road, you got to limit that. If you don't limit that, you know, you know, you can lose that, you can lose the game. So what's me. the answer? What's the answer to that then? When you say, Coach Griff, uh, that you want to limit that, what could we have done? Because you know, one of the things that I noticed, and I and I think it was um, circumstantial, uh, is that. It seemed like it wasn't like the ball a lot of times bounced right up anywhere around the rim, and it didn't go long towards the foul line. It landed up and over the first set of bodies and into the paint, and they just had more bodies right. there to grab them. You know what, and, and that's where sometimes your guards and uh, your forwards got to do a better job of getting back in there and, uh, you know, getting those rebounds. You know, you got the chook, you got the guys that's, you know, the chook's responsibility in terms of rebounding is in the front of the rim, uh, whereas to that ball was almost bouncing over his head. Now, could he have done a better job? Yes. So we all could have done a better job. But you know, sometimes you know the the, the guards and uh, at the top and the forwards they got to get in there a little bit better and uh, and get some rebounds. You know, O'Shea 
who is probably our best rebounder. He only had three rebounds last night. You know, Elijah had three rebounds last night. Um, you know, Tyus did a phenomenal job on the boards. He had five, one offensive. Um, and, and Frank had one offense, I went one rebound, which was an offensive rebound. So, you know, if, if you want to win a game on the road um, at North Carolina, uh, especially the way they rebound, you know, that has to be a lot better. You know, Shea got to get eight to nine rebounds. You know, uh, Elijah got to get upwards to six rebounds and, and so forth, so forth. So uh, it, it takes five guys to rebound when you play against a team like that because they, they send their guys every time to the glass. And uh, and that's why they're the best rebounding team in the country. The foul disparity last night in the first half was something I have not seen very often. How do you keep the guys focused when when they're shooting foul shots? You know, with ten minutes left in the half, and they're they're, they're shooting twenty more than you at one point. Yeah, and I mean, partly some of it. Uh, to be honest with you, Paulie, it was on us too. Uh, um, you know, just. We, you know, if we could be a step over, just one step over, uh, it, it's no way they can call it against us. Like, you know, you know, we had our say in some of those fouls. But again, you know what? On the road, you got to expect some stuff like that, regardless of what. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, we still had a chance of, of uh, winning the game, to be honest. Um, you know, it just was one of those things where, you know, in the second half, especially that first four minutes of the second half, we kind of let it go a little bit, and uh, it was hard for us to recover. We went down 11, and we and we made a push to cut it back to a one-possession game. Uh, and, you know, we're like 10 minutes left in, that, in, the, in, the, in the second half. Uh, but, again, um, North Carolina's a really good team, and, uh, you know, and that's why they're, you know, third or fourth best, you know, ranked team in the country. We're talking to Alan Griffin, brought to you by Davidson Ford. You know, Griff, there was a there was a, a spit. It's around that ten minute mark where we trimmed it to three, and it was a one possession game. And I, uh, you know, I, I was watching, you know, what I was calling later uh, after the game the low hanging fruit. You know, you, you this it's a very frustrating thing to watch O'Shea go and miss five three throw attempts, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and watch other guys miss the front ends of one on ones. Uh, and and you know look it is what it is but against a team like that you just can't afford that you need to have just the opposite you need to have a North Carolina night and hit you know ninety uh, something percent of them if you want to if you want to beat a team like that but there was a there was a, a a moment when I I was up in the press box and I zoomed my phone in so I could see the facial expressions of the players more and it, it and, and again I'm, I'm I'm speculating but it there what? seems to be this almost lost appearance to O'Shea last few games. He do, he doesn't seem to be the same intensity that he's into it or whatever. Uh, it, it, it's it's strange, but I'm I'm just reading his face, and I could obviously be wrong, but he seems lost out there a little bit. I think um, O'Shea, maybe, you know, he, he expect, expected to, you know, shoot the ball a little bit better uh, than he's shooting it. He's struggling shooting the ball, so I was, you can sense some little bit of frustration there. And, uh, and and what he has to realize is, is that it's more to his game than just the shooting part, uh, the shooting aspect of it. And, um, you know, and that's the one thing that, you know, coaches, you know, on him about and, and you know, and Coach Autry is also on him about being his position coach is that, you know, get to the foul line. And, you know, the one thing O'Shea was really great at last year, which kept us in games like this and which helped us win games like that is, is, is um his ability to get to the free throw line, and and, and that's a huge uh, 
part of his game, and that's a huge part of you know for us uh, what we need sometimes. And um, uh, you know, I, I think he just kind of lost sense of that just a little bit. And you know, we just got to get him back to you know attacking uh, you know better. I thought that game against Louisville, uh, he was he was phenomenal. He he did a phenomenal job on the boards, but he also, you know, attacked and and and, and he got to the free throw line, and uh, it was you know it, it helped and it helps us. He actually went to the free throw line, uh, a free throw line. He, you know what? He didn't shoot a free throw in that game, <laughs> but he was in attack mode. He made his shots around the basket. He, he he did, and you know, and this is kind of part of the of a bigger picture that we've discussed before on the show. Uh, in that the game has changed, you know, everyone wants to be Stephon Curry, you know, and, and, and the fact of the matter is O'Shea came in last year and as a freshman really, really impressively showed people that he can get to that rack. He can get there. Right. Uh, and, and, and he does seem to have uh, lost a bit of that. Um, you know, it, it, he recaptured it against Louisville, but it has been absent. And um, is there ever a time as a coach where you say, I don't want you to shoot the ball beyond the three-point arc anymore. And today I want you to go to the back. I mean, is do you ever make a move like that or you don't want to restrict them? Or? I mean, well, you, you encourage them to, you know, take less of them. Uh, sometimes you put in a situation where you have to take them. Uh, and, and, and sometimes when you wide open, you get the one, two step, you know, you can get your rhythm into your shot. Those are the ones you want to shoot. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, oh, so he, he get himself caught. You know, in in between moves where he take a step step back three point shot, which right now for for us and for him it's not a really good shot for him. So, uh, but I think if he gets a rhythm one two shot, you know one two step shot for a three, I think those uh, work in his favor and our favor better than you know shooting off the dribble or you know shooting a step back. Um, and and you know those are the things that you know he has to kind of realize and, and figure out out there. And, and not to pile on O'Shea, but he's he last year he was one of the best free throw shooting t- guys on the team, and he's really struggling. What what do you do for a player in a situation where he's it, it's almost mental now at the line for him? Yeah, you know, you just got to get back in the gym. Uh, you know, today we have an off day, which I think we all need it uh, just to get away, uh, kind of refocus, regroup, and get ourselves ready for you know uh, a really good Wake Forest team. Uh, so, you know, and for him, you know, he just got to get in here and just, you know, get some foul shots up, just concentrate a little bit. It's, it's more concentration than anything. And, and I said this earlier on the show, and I don't know if it's right or not. It's just my opinion from a guy who's seen a lot of, a lot of Syracuse basketball. Right now, where do you guys see yourself? You guys are playing all top 25 teams here with Wake in between, but you've got – Louisville, Duke, you know, North Carolina. And you guys have lost two games, but you guys are playing good basketball at this point. Oh, definitely, Paul. Yeah. I mean, in that game, we did a lot of really good things. Um, offensively, we moved the ball, we shared the ball. I thought Frank played, you know, phenomenal in the first half, uh, you know, getting guys the ball. He, You know, he made some threes, some shots. So, uh, uh <clears throat> You know, Elijah had a huge first half. I mean, he's capable. He can go out there, you know, if concentrate, he can go out there and make seven in the game. Uh, Why not? You know, he made five in the first half, you know. So uh, we did some really good things. Um, 
we just kind of uh, kind of put it together for 40 minutes and uh, against the really good teams. And, and I mean, again, I've been saying this all year. I think coaches been saying it too. Uh, I think this is where I got it from. Is that you know, at the end of the day, we can beat anybody on our schedule, and you know, and if we don't come to play, we can lose to anybody. Uh, and and this showed, you know, what us going into Cameron and winning at Duke, and you know. Uh, coming, you know, at home, losing to, you know, early on in, in, in the season, losing to, you know, Georgia Tech the way we did. So we just got to concentrate and try to put it together for 40 minutes. And uh, and if we do that, uh, we'll be on the winning end more so than losing. One, one of those games that you really can't afford to lose is coming up next between North Carolina and Virginia. You got Wake Forest at Wake on Saturday. What do you know about them? Oh, Wake's a really good team. A, a, a very talented team. Has some of the most talent on the team uh, in, in the league. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously their, their record don't indicate that. But, uh, you know, when you watch them on film, uh, they do some pretty good stuff. Danny Manning runs some really good stuff. And uh, we're going to have our hands full uh, come Saturday uh, down in uh, at Wake. All right, Griff. Thanks for your time again. Two days in a row, bro. Go beat him in the uh, Griff. No problem. You don't need to just add me onto the show. Just, just say forget about it, Eddie. Just put him on the show. It could be the Daniel Baldwin slash Griff show with Paulie. <laughs> you, know, you know what? Listen, you might be on something. You can have my job if you, you want. You might be on something. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I would take. You know, what did they sell Manhattan for? Twenty six dollars worth of beats. I'd let Paulie go for fourteen. <laughs> All right, Griff. God bless you, man. Thank you, bro. Hey, thanks, thanks, bro. We'll be back with more of the Daniel Baldwin show after this. Live from North Carolina, this is the Daniel Baldwin Show, brought to you by IntelliPure and the Wildcat Pizza Pub. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now. Uh, I'm going to start it. You know they have like Save the Whales and they have, uh, you know, uh, Be Kind to the Chickens. I'm going to have a Save the Headset Foundation. We're doing uh, doom and gloom arguing over here too. (laughs) About the Syracuse okay, basketball so, team. Yeah, so here, here's here's where we landed. So I just looked up the current top 68. Syracuse is number 28. And so what was going on off microphone during the break was we were speculating, and Paulie said, if Syracuse, be pre-ACC tournament, if Syracuse was to lose to Wake and lose the, the rest of their games, four, was it four more? Three more. Three more. But they would be losing five games in a row. Right, so, so they would lose these three, uh, and they would not qualify for the tournament. And I said – I do not believe that if Syracuse it, – it may require them to win one – their first game in the ACC. So you think tournament. they're in now? I, I no think, matter what. I think they're in now, yeah. Uh, if, if, they lose, if they lose out the season, they're out. I, I, they I, have no, no – well, well, here's what, here's what happens, in my opinion. So because they ask play-in thing, mm-hmm. right? The, so they get, they look – for those spots, there's no criteria for those. They just they, – they go – Who's going to be exciting? Who's going to travel? Who's going to have Syracuse University that has an appeal that's nationwide? I mean, the Orange is known. We've won a title. We've been to the Final Four multiple times. And you look at their resume. They're very inconsistent, but they're a giant killer. They're in the game you know, against Carolina. They beat Duke on the road. That's the big thing. Can you beat a huge team? Because you're, you're coming at the bottom of the bracket. So you're going to face. And if you don't think these guys go – 
who's better off, Wolford or Syracuse? They're going to play North Carolina in the first round. They're going to have to play somebody to get in. Believe me, they're looking at that going, they beat number one on the road. Of course we want that. I got good news for you. They're going to be Wake, and they're going to, that's going to put them in no matter what. Automatically? So. Yeah. So. Automatically they beat Wake? Yeah. And they're automatically in. So. I, think, I think they're going to make a run in the ACC tournament. I think that's going to be a fine tune for them. I think they're going to go deep into the tournament. That's what I think. All right, well, we shall Johnny, see. what do you think? Oh, I got it. Yeah, I think the uh, the other situation would be is that if they lose in the tournament early, I think they'll lose to a, a non-team. Like, it's not a Duke or North Carolina. They'll lose to, you know, an NC State or, or Georgia Tech or something like that rather than the high end. I think they prepare themselves better when they play the, the higher-ranked teams, too. Huh. They rise to the occasion. Yes. Sir. Too I bad they can't that. hit a foul yeah. shot while they're rising. we got to take one more break, come back, and wrap this up. How dare you? Live from North Carolina, this is the Daniel Baldwin Show, brought to you by IntelliPure and the Wildcat Pizza Pub. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now. Bulk Hogan, another great show, bro. Another great show for the incredible Bulk Hogan. I just keep pumping Uh, them out. You do, bro. You do. You're You're like hit after hit. It's like being with Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, you know? I mean, you just you know you just keep keep making it happen. Making great radio. Johnny Function, here. Johnny Function with the headset on. Johnny, uh, yes, sir. You, you're gonna, so it looks like you boys might actually you and Lobdell might actually stop in New York catch a Rangers game because it's snowing. I, I think you know the the flight cancellations out of JFK to Syracuse when it's snowing are pretty pretty high. Yeah, I think you're depending on me to amp the situation up. So yeah, Susie, La- so Susie, yeah, you didn't have to tell everybody any. we may go to the Rangers <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, no, I'm t- it's just the opposite. I'm That's setting right. it up. I, boy, you guys got to be careful, man. I don't want you on that plane, man. We're gonna be laying on the airport. I don't want you guys on that plane. I don't. Yeah. We're sleeping at the airport. You can't land in snow, but you can go watch the game on the ice. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we'll be white knuckling. You and I, you and I, Paulie the Mole and I, I will be, if you can check out uh, my Facebook, I will be Facebook living. My, I mean, I live for these trips with you. You realize that, right? I mean, this bonding time that you and I have on the highway. Carefree highway, let me slip away. No, I don't want to slip away on, on the highway. You. Well, then maybe you should probably try not to drive the wrong way on one-way streets. That would be we uh, we're gonna hit the road. Uh, we should hit that storm that's in central New York. Oh, it's so about, probably about Wilkes-Barre. Yeah, and, it's gonna, it's uh, gonna take be us cut. another nine hours from Wilkes-Barre to Syracuse, and it'll be fun. I'm imagining the hotel that only has one room with a single bed, and we have to pull over. <laughs> like trains and autos. Yeah, <laughs> and every door walk goes to the outside. Right? Yeah. And there's the mole going, can I please, please sleep on the bed too? Oh, right. oh my God. We will, uh, you'll, be ba- you'll be back in studio tomorrow. I'll decide whether I'm going to be there or not on the way home. What do you mean? <laughs> All of a sudden, sick. I don't feel very well. Oh, my God. Here it comes. But yeah, fast food sickness. Right? Yeah. 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 That Burger King in. Where are we going? I don't know. I got to get gas it's on the way. Chicks at 920. We'll hit the road now, and uh, we'll see you guys all back in Syracuse tomorrow. Thanks for li- listening, and we will see you again tomorrow. And say thank you to the, our good friends from IntelliPure one I'm last gonna time. Say, I'm going to say thank you to Johnny Function. Thank you. <laughs> thank and, you. I enjoyed and, it. And thank you to Vinny Lobdell, president of IntelliPure. And Wildcat uh, Pizza and, Pub. And, and what about that? Hey, look, why don't we do this? Let's get over to the cat and do a show with Dan from his place. When are we going to do that? We're talking about uh, Thursday or Friday of the Masters. We'll do a show from Wildcat Pizza Pub. I like that. I like that. Does Dan play golf? 
I don't know. We got to get like a little uh, pitch, pitch and putt tourney or something going on. Dan, call us. We'll see you at the cat. We'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless you.